Greetings, family. Reading again from the book, Happy Now, by Marilyn Carotters. You can be happy now. I read this one before, but I sure like it. I'm going to read it again, and then we're going to read one about Tiger Woods. Hearing God. Oh, let's pray. Lord, you are our shepherd. We shall not want. You make us lie down in green pastures, and you lead us besides the still waters. You restore our souls. You lead us in paths of righteousness for your namesake. Yes, though we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for you are right beside us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You have prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You have anointed our heads with oil. Our cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. What a promise. What a confident promise for us to live saying that Psalm 23 over and over again through registers in our spirit, our minds, it registers in heaven that those words are following us around everywhere we go. Amen. All right, back to the reading. Hearing God, page 60. Imagine that you were having a really bad day. Huh. Imagine that you were unhappy about something that someone has said or done to you. It's going to be really hard, huh? Or perhaps you were at fault and were feeling guilty and miserable about something you had done to someone else. What if you just didn't feel well? What should you do? Should you continue to suffer and let unhappiness prevail? Why not do something to banish your despair? But what? The cost of depression is often our failures to follow God's instructions. His plans for us. His plans. God wants us to be victorious over our feelings. He knows that people will fail us, but he wants his spirit to control our reactions. People never control our response to what they do, but how we react is of paramount interest to God. If one minute from now you should die, you will face God, not the people who give you trouble. It is God who has told you to rejoice always, and to him you must answer. Have you tried to hear God speak to you when someone or something has upset you? If you haven't, you're missing a great blessing. You can learn to hear him if the only thing you ever hear God say to you is, I love you, or I will take care of you, or I will take care of this situation for you. Just those words alone can fill you with enormous happiness. It's true that people sometimes think they hear messages from God but are listening for the wrong things. They think God is telling them that they will have great wealth or power or success, but these are not the messages we need to hear or believe. What we need to believe with all our hearts is that our Creator loves us, is with us, and is meeting all our needs in the exact way He knows is best. You may one day find yourself in a situation in which you think no one really cares about you. That is when you will need to be really sure that God himself loves you and is working for you. 
Learn to listen to God. Really listen. And He will change your sadness into gladness. Amen. Our next article is What Fate Can Produce. Tiger Woods, the champion golfer, said that the only way he could win a tournament was to have faith that he would win. This insightful statement from such a prodigy in his field should be an inspiration for all of us to exercise our faith in the things we do. Faith, after all, is a necessary ingredient for success in any endeavor. Understand that God wants us to be happy and is involved in every detail of our lives. Trusting Him then and you will find peace through your steadfastness, confidence in God. This confidence assures you that no accident, earthquake, tornado, hurricane, flood, fire, or lightning can touch you unless God uses it for your good. No calamity, no bacteria, disease, or other affliction has in itself the power to destroy you. Hardships can come to you only if God in His infinite wisdom allows it. You, a child of God, are under His care as surely and completely as if Jesus were here in the flesh, standing by your side. Surely that knowledge should give you joy. Have faith in Him, and step by step, movement by movement, you can grow more confident in God's involvement in your life. Faith in God gives us peace in the midst of anything that can throw at us. Life can throw at us. Anything. Being in a den of lions was not conducive to peace of mind. But Daniel said angels came and closed the lion's mouth. Early Christians were at peace as they faced violent death in the arena. A peace that caused amazed spectators to marvel at the calm composure of the doomed but steadfast believers. What a witness must have been. What a witness they must have been. What a statement to their faith in God. Faith in God brings us peace that overcomes stress, strife, depression, and turmoil of all kinds. What great happiness can be ours through faith in our Lord. This overcoming faith that overpowers every ordeal that can ever come to us. If God's gift to anyone who put forth the effort to trust in and rely on his son. I heard a great minister, Smith Wigglesworth, say, if God's giving you a vision, uh, you got to imagine it and stay there for a while. i tell you the truth, I received a lot of images, and I don't think I have spent it. The 30 minutes, the half hour that the book Think and Grow Rich, but Napoleon Hill recommends. He recommends that you you say a formula, that in the formula you're going to do good to humanity. And you're going to eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, cynicism by developing a love for all humanity. And then he, in that formula, in those words that you memorize, takes about two minutes, to say he has a place where you, I will meditate and think about the person I intend to become for 30 minutes a day. It's no secret, folks. God has given us pictures of the future. You know, the other thing he gives us, too, is, is the point that the first reading was 
I remember going through a lot of work. I was driving semi up in, in the mountains for Sparks, Nevada for granite construction. Lonely roads, heavy, heavy equipment, moving gravel back and forth. And I remember the Lord speaking to me, telling me he loves me. He loves me so much. So I thought I was going crazy. I hear it so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I said, okay, okay. You love me. You love me. And then other times I would have business type of visions. Um, the I love you, I should have dwelled in it a little longer. Especially when I found out in 1 John 1 through 5, it says the love of God, it mentions it 48 times, or the name of God. And I read it and read it and infiltrates and goes into your heart and in mind. Amen. All right, let's get back to our other reading. Took a little sidestep, rabbit trail. When does he control? When does he control? Just as we really rely on Christ to provide the gift of eternal life, there are other circumstances in which God also wants us to depend on his Son. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Matthew 28, 18. To what extent then does Jesus use his authority to control events here on earth? Is it seldom, frequently, at all times? Our faith in Christ should declare that he has and uses his dominion over anything he desires to control. How you and I understand and respect his power determines how we view all of life. Some folks live under the misguided assumption that Satan has more power here on earth than Jesus has. They live in fear of the evils that may befall them. But if we believe that Christ forgives our sins and gives us the gift of eternal life, why not believe that he is in control of and has jurisdiction over everything? Since I started trusting Jesus in more areas of my life, I have experienced greater and greater happiness. I understand now that he has total control over everything that happens to Maryland Carotters. It has become clear to me, too, that he wants to accept whatever burdens I will bring and leave with him. He wants to accept my burdens. Why should we worry about what might happen to us as long as Jesus is in control? Why should we fear sickness, fear sickness, if we believe that he created and is in charge of our bodies? Ultimately, why should we fear anything at all? It is with enthusiasm that I urge you to surrender all jurisdiction to Christ. Not only will you find happiness and great peace of mind, but you will also please God. For many years, I worried about things that never happened. During that time, I had little understanding of the total of the total authority that God has given to Jesus. Even though I knew Jesus had invited us to come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, it somehow didn't seem to work in my life. 
But when I began to appreciate Christ's eagerness to accept my burdens, I grasped that he wanted to give me peace, rest, and refuge. And my happiness began to increase. You too may be struggling under heavy burdens. If so, rejoice that you have the opportunity to surrender them to Christ. Let him take charge of your fear, your pain, and your heartache. Then trust Jesus to work them for your good. Easier said than done? Yes, but persist. Believe that Christ exercises ultimate control and will always do whatever he knows is best. The more we accept that, the easier every part of life on earth becomes. As we learn to rest in him, happiness permeates and dominates every part of our lives. One of the significant things that uh, I have done, too, and I should continue to do, is nightly write a journal and write it to Father God and turn, keep turning things over. Father, I either even if it's overnight, Father, I give these situations to you overnight. For instance, my car um, is up and happy, but it needs a, a radiator check that's leaking this fluid. So I've just been thanking God about it. I've been busy with other projects. I didn't want to disturb my schedule. So I'm using my second pickup, the car, to get to it. But I thank God for, for the situation and the uh, the answer how to resolve it. How to resolve it, take it to the shop, would be easier than me try to tackle it down, even as, as uh, easy as it sounds. But if I take it to the experts, it will only be a few hours if I do it myself, it'll be only a few days if I'm able to fix it. <laughs> All right, you guys getting too much information today. All right, moving on. Digging for diamonds. Finding joy in our physical suffering or in other severe problems can be difficult. If someone you trusted gave you a shovel and promised you that you will find a diamond somewhere beneath your feet, would you dig for it? How deep? In Philippians 4, 7, tells us, You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Recently, I needed to walk up a steep hill, but I was extremely tired, and my body groaned that it couldn't go another step. But then I remember God's promise always to supply whatever I needed. He will supply all your need from his riches in glory because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. Amen. I thought, what do I need to do to benefit from this promise? What do I need to do? Then it came to me. The answer to my question was the same answer that Jesus gave the blind man. He said to him, because of your faith, it will happen. Matthew 9:29, And they were healed. So I believe that Jesus will give me the strength I needed and act on that belief. As I made a determined effort to walk as if I was bursting with joyful strength, my exhaustion quickly faded and up the hill I went. I was then, as I walked briskly upward, that I experienced Isaiah 40:31. They will run and not grow weary. 
please don't misunderstand me. Usually when I'm tired, I know it's because I need to rest. When we need rest, that is precisely what God wants us to have. What we need is the wisdom to know the difference. If we believe and persevere, Christ will accomplish within us and through us whatever he feels is necessary. Amen and amen. Our next reading is called A Major Cause of Unhappiness. All of us dislike some things that are part of our lives. Wealthy people, for example, may once have been confident that riches would make them blissfully happy. Then when happiness continues to elude their grasp, they may have thought, I would be happy if I didn't have to pay so much tax, or if I could regain my health, then I would be happy. A major cause of unhappiness is that so few of us have learned that for every action there is always a consequence. Sex outside of marriage produces unhappy consequences, many of them. Overeating or, or drinking and binging produces unhappy consequences. Unwillingness to work or to save money produces unhappy consequences. The world is filled with unhappy people. Unhappiness is nothing new. It has been around for a long time. Happy people are unique. They may be surrounded by unpleasant people and things, but are still happy. That's one of the reasons the angels were so joyful about the birth of Jesus. God was going to introduce an amazingly good news to the world. Peace and joy were to be made available to people who were miserable, despised, rejected, imprisoned, hungry, or cold. This joyous news introduced a new revelation of God's will for all mankind. Good news, huh? The greatest strategy of life is not our unhappiness. Excuse me. The greatest tragedy of life is not our unhappy world. It is that so many of us have not yet understood the fabulous good news. So many of us are still afraid to believe that a loving, perfect, all-powerful God could take all the circumstances in our lives and force them to work for our good. God designed Christ's death and resurrection to prove his point. He took the most evil things that Satan could ever do, the crucifixion of Jesus, and forced it to work the greatest good that he that has ever happened on this earth. Our opportunity for salvation, God wanted you and me to see that there is nothing he cannot do, and he challenged us to believe him. It's our decision. We can follow Jesus' example and believe that God is in perfect control of all things, or we can be miserably unhappy in this wretched, chaotic world. My own life has been enormously blessed to see the radiant faces of the people who excitedly rocket upward in their faith stand up on the inside and declare, I believe that God is working for my good. I believe. Say that with me. Say, I believe God is working for my good. I believe. One more time. I believe that God is working for my good. I will rejoice and be glad. One more time. I believe that God is working for my good. I will rejoice and be glad. One more for the Gipper. 
I believe that God is working for my good. I will rejoice and be glad. You know, that sounds so good to say it in the soul. It resonates really good in my spirit. I believe that God is working for my good. I will rejoice and be glad. Come on now, let's say it with faith. Lock your faith with love and let it go. Please, just do it for me. Just relax and say, I believe that God is working for my good. I will rejoice and be glad. One more time. And that'll do it. I believe that God is working for my good. I will rejoice and be glad. This excitement and joy is always a wonder to behold. Our next story is called, If My Situation Changes. I have had the pleasure of training a number of dogs. In some way, dogs can be remarkably similar to us. They can get ideas ingrained in them that are very difficult to change. For example, if their mother is fearful, she teaches her brood to be afraid. Many people have learned to be afraid or worried. If we talk to them about becoming a happy person, they may respond, I'm unhappy because of what someone has done to me. Or, if my situation changes, then talk to me about happiness. No matter how many reasons a person has to be happy today, he may still cling to the possibilities that things may get bad tomorrow. We would all exhibit the same apprehension about our problems if it were not for what Jesus did for us. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation, unhappiness, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. No matter what has broken our hearts, it is something Jesus can do to heal. He may have or may not change our situation, but he always wants to help us have his joy. If I can convince you of that one point, you will be changed forever. That Jesus wants us to have his joy. Training and more training. A seeing eye dog is a marvel to behold. A patient trainer has altered nearly every basic instinct of that noble creature. A blind person, after all, must rely on a, on a dog that has been trained to ignore most of his natural instincts. Dogs love to do whatever they want to do, and if allowed to run unrestrained by discipline and training, will obey their natural urges. What? Dogs love to do whatever they want to do, and if allowed to run unrestrained by discipline and training, will obey their natural urges. When the dog encounters another dog or is sent, his instinct compels him to investigate. Instinct governs nearly every aspect of a dog's life. That's his nature. But these natural instincts must be drastically changed if the guide dog is to be the eyes of his owner. The trainer uses every conceivable opportunity to remold the way this dog thinks. 
Day after day, month after month, the trainer and dog go everywhere that a blind person might go. The dog is compelled to focus on nothing but the person he is leading. He makes hundreds and even thousands of mistakes at each session. The trainer makes the in-training animal follow the prescribed behavior. After countless hours, follow the prescribed behavior. After countless hours and corrections, the dog eventually becomes one of the famous and beloved seen eye dogs. By this time, he enjoys his duties and is ready to become the joy and savior of his master. You and I are born complainers. It is our nature and lifelong habit to be troubled about many things. We have practiced the dubious art of complaining tens of thousands of times and have learned a multitude of reasons to be unhappy. Then in our Bibles, we read rather astonishing verses that tells us not to be troubled. This takes us aback and can seem almost impossible to obey some folks become so discouraged that they simply give up and ignore Christ's words. They lack persistence. We can gain some valuable insight into persistence from the training of the seen eye dog. Wouldn't it be foolish and short-sighted to give up on the dog if after just one month he didn't understand what was being asked of him? We humans are more complex than dogs and require even more training. We are more set in our ways and require far more convincing to give up on the habit of being troubled. Each of us have chosen our own reasons to be troubled and unhappy. In time, these reasons become deeply ingrained in our thoughts and feelings. The very words, be filled with joy can anger us or confuse us because unhappiness has become such a strong habit in our lives. Giving up such a long-held habit can seem to be anywhere from not worth considering to downright impossible. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we see that when we become Christians, we become brand new people inside, brand new. Does that mean our old anxious natures are immediately changed too? Does that mean that we will never be troubled again? No, it doesn't mean it doesn't because that isn't the way God planned to work in us. God works in his own way, his wonders to perform, and it is through our troubles that he teaches us to be happy and at peace. You know, the other the thing that came to me he would teach us in an easier, softer way is we would read the Word and, and write and write and meditate and sit under a tree. And he will teach us that way instead of this is the second. I think the Holy Spirit inspired me to say this. This is the second way of instructing us. If we're not buckling down and under a tree and learning, and really focusing on how God teaches us, learning the scriptures, then the more merciful thing God can do is to train us in the second phase of mercy, using our problems and troubles and situations to steer us like a horse. <laughs> That's my two cents of belief from the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go back to the reading. We will make many mistakes, but Jesus, our patient and untiring shepherd, 
is always there to help us try again. He knows that we are being trained to be God's happy, obedient children. When in prison, hungry, cold, hated by men, the early Christians sang songs of joy. Those who heard them saw that they were a new variety of human being. Then new Christians took up the same challenge and taught the next generation what it means to have a song in their hearts no matter what their circumstances. And when they were about to be fed to the lions, they filled the arenas with song. What seen I examples they were to us. Wow. Amen. Amen. Our next story is called Save from the Environment. The cars that zoomed by seemed to fill the air with poison. The cars that are zooming by seem to fill the air with poison. Wait a minute. Why did I think of poison? There has been cars around me all my life, and I have never thought of them poisoning me. Oh, yes. Now I remember. I had heard on the radio and television and read in the newspaper that cars are emitting deadly poisons. And so there I was, reacting in fear to what I had been told. Then I shifted my attention to my heavenly sources of news and was reminded that there has always been a far more dangerous source of pollution on the earth. Pollution of the soul. Men die eternally from that. Sin has polluted the souls of men since man first rebelled against God. Sin. Now the good news as God's children. We are no longer under the curse of sin and its pollution. I walked beside the speeding cars and thought to myself, I'm God's son. Nothing in this world can rob me of Christ's joy. Where, where they, I live or die is in his hands. What freedom and deliverance we have in Christ. We do not have to fall prey to the sin pollution of this world. What happens around us need not control the life that God has given us through his son. We can sing, shout, and laugh because we are protected by God's love for us. The more I understand this, the happier I become. God's children live under his protection. Let the world live in fear if it so wishes. As for us, let us trust God to protect us just as he protected the Israelites from the dreadful plagues that come upon their Egyptian captors. Whether we live or die is in his hands. It's not only unnecessary for us to worry about things that may or may not happen to us, but it is also an effective way to determine and squander our happiness. All right. And with that, we'll end right there. I've stopped at page 71. Thank you for coming on today's reading. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his counsel smile on you and give you peace. Amen and amen.